Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Okay, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and evidently when I went to log into the show, the station connected me with the previous show as the host. Well, I wasn't the host on the previous show, and normally you can't have two hosts in there, but because they were absent, I was there. And lo and behold, almost instantly as I got into that show, somebody called into that show, and... uh and I didn't know if it was the host, and I thought, well, if that's the host, uh, I don't want to be, I want to log off, but I didn't know. So I asked, and it ended up being somebody from our network who also called in early. <laughs> and I noticed they just called in. And uh, I'm going to wait till a few other people call in, and maybe we will try that where we uh, we connect with the individuals and actually have conversations on the show. I was actually thinking about having my uh, son here this afternoon, and uh, we have one other person visiting the church or staying with us for a little while. I was going to maybe see if he wanted to go in. I just talked to him just a second ago, and he didn't seem real anxious to go on. <laughs> of course, I sprung it on him. <laughs> but I, I told him, I've got dual mics here. I can get him in on the show. <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, we're, we're logged into the show. I see that, uh, uh, we'll just call her Tiff is, uh, uh, logged into the show too, but I don't see all the other guys logging in. Usually we get four, five, six other people logging in almost right away. We might, uh, open up the show to calls if enough people come, call in. Maybe that's what I could do. I can actually prepare an email to Go out to our entire network right away. And so here what I'm doing is see if I can do this really quick while I'm on. We have a network, and you can get on the network at uh, uh, hisholychurch.org. So I can send out uh, live on the show. I'll send out a message to everybody and see if anybody else wants to call in. So I'm actually composing this as I'm talking to you guys now. And we'll send this out to the whole network and see if anybody dials in and calls in. This is a dry run live as we speak because I just had the idea because we I ended up taking that call in before. So anyway, off it goes. Now, we had a newsletter, and we we paid for a lot of software to run this newsletter, and it ran for a long time, but then coding changed, PHP changed, and of course they want us to pay a lot of money again to bring it all up to date, but the reality is it takes like four hours to send to everybody on our network, uh, on the on the subscription network, but now I just sent that message out to everybody on the network to, I should have... BC the address it went and now everybody will see all the other addresses but if you're not a member of any of those groups yeah you won't be able to respond you won't get the email but if you are a member of those groups then uh, you'll get the email it'll have the telephone number in to call into the show and if you have a question you can call into the show and we'll try to answer it and I believe what a person has to do when they call into the show, when they're ready to get unmuted, I will that will send a signal to me, and then I can unmute your mic, and we can have a conversation. So anyway, I was going to go into Micah 4, and uh, I've already outlined Micah, and we've gone through Micah up to uh, through 3, and we did that this morning in a two-hour broadcast. and. Uh, uh, so now we're ready to go on to Micah 4, but I think I may save some of that for next week. And what I did this week in part, besides every time I read Micah, I always have more quotes that has to do with the New Testament that references exactly what they were dealing with in Micah. Because what they were dealing with in Micah was the watchmen were failing to warn the people that their schemes of social welfare 
that took away the right to choose of their neighbor and of their brothers and actually eventually took away the inheritance of their neighbors and their brothers was going to bring destruction and desolation. That's actually what the first seven verses of Micah is all about. The same chapter, the next paragraph, those verses there from 8 to 16, the people will suffer with no hope of their own and be overrun because they have believed a lie. And the lie was, is that you get to covet your neighbor's goods while pretending to be following God. And you covet your neighbor's goods through men who exercise authority. And of course, your children will go into captivity and you will be overrun by the because of the transgressions of Israel. And the transgressions of Israel is that you coveted your neighbor's goods. Peter said, and that's what I was I was talking to Danny, who's here in the studio this morning, that there was there was another verse that I wanted to connect to that section, and of course that verse is Peter, where he says, "Who covetous practices, they will make merchandise of you and curse your children." And of course that's exactly what Micah is talking about in the first chapter of Micah, because the scheme was a way in which to seduce your brother into waiving his rights to choose, his right to liberty, his inheritance. You get him to give that up for benefits. That's what that's all about. Of course, that's why, and they all did that at the time of Jesus Christ. They had already done that under Herod, who had been ruling in Judea for quite some time. And John the Baptist came along and said, the solution is to gather in a way where you start to care about your neighbor, thinking differently. Instead of thinking about what you can get from the government, you think about being the government of the people, for the people, and by the people, and taking care of one another. And, of course, he already understood sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, because the very idea of a synagogue at that time was still ten men, ten, ten heads of family. That's what a synagogue was. And so those ten heads of families would get together. They would pick a minister. That minister would get together with nine other ministers. And then that minister could now connect all the people that looked to him to be that connection point. He could connect them all because he was connected with nine other ministers. So anybody who becomes a minister of a congregation and doesn't show up for the with the other nine ministers that he is connected with, They are betraying the people that have connected to them. Because they're not sitting down in the ranks of tens, hundreds, and thousands. Which clearly John the Baptist was doing. Clearly Christ commanded. Clearly the early church did. And uh, the modern church doesn't do. Of course the modern church does not take care of the needy of their society unspotted by the world, the modern church takes care of the needy of their society by sending them to men who exercise authority one over the other, which is the governments of the world. And of course, that's what Micah is saying, is that those institutions, those graven images, those idols, are harlots that will bring desolation. And of course, now you know the United States is trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars more in debt than it was a couple of years ago. And you and your children owe that debt. You've become a surety for that debt. You became a surety long ago when FDR came along and said to the people... Don't go to church anymore. Just come to us. We'll take care of you. <laughs> and as I I read this morning, I was going to look up the pronunciation of his name again, but I didn't get around to it. But <laughs> Joseph uh, uh, Gables, uh, whatever his name is, <laughs> he he was very clear about you know what what he was doing. He he was a national socialist. And, of course, now they all say Trump is a national socialist. But, actually, no. (laughs) Because that's what a Nazi was. He was a national socialist. But Trump was not a socialist. He was trying to get people back to their, 
taking back their responsibilities. He wasn't doing a very good job of it. I mean, he was doing better than some of the presidents. He certainly was more inclined to that way. But like I was telling somebody just yesterday, that what the Democrat Party used to be is is kind of leaning towards socialism over on the left. They they weren't really liberals anymore. They moved into the idea of socialism. You know, Kennedy was a Democrat, but he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask rather what you can do for your country. But the uh, the present Democratic Party is saying, you elect us and give us power and we'll make all your neighbors pay for your college tuition and for your health care and we'll make them pay for everything we'll just borrow and borrow and borrow we'll give you all kinds of free money and everything well those are national socialists those are actually national Marxists but uh, they've all moved way over there to that far left and they're getting away with it because all those people that were over there on the right talking about individual rights and, and independence and self-reliance and everything they moved left of center. So they have no moral ground on which to fight against this national socialist which is and, and national Marxist, which is what the Democratic Party has become. But of course, people a lot of times they think that Jesus was not political. Well, absolutely, Jesus was extremely political. The Pharisees were a political party. The Sadducees were a political party. If you got into power and you were Pharisees and the Pharisees got into power, you could expect Pharisees to be appointed to all the bureaucratic positions run run out of the temple, which was a government building. If you, as the Sadducees got into power, they would do the same. And of course, in some areas, Sadducees were probably in power. In some areas, Zealots were in power because they were a political party. Even the Essenes were sometimes referred to as a political party because they had a political philosophy. And of course, Christ was a king and everybody who accepted Christ was cast out of the welfare system of Judea at that time, which was what we call the Corbin of the treasure, uh, the Corbin of the Pharisees. The word Corbin is sometimes translated treasure, uh, or treasury, because it was your sacrifices and they supposedly put that in a vault <laughs> and provided you with benefits. But Joseph, uh, Goebbels said, uh, what does Christianity mean today? National socialism is a religion. So the Democratic Party is actually promoting a religion. It's not a religion like John the Baptist or Jesus was preaching. It's the religion of Marx. And so National Socialism, according to Joseph Goebbels, is uh, National Socialism is a religion. It's a religion. All we lack, he says, is a religious genius capable of uprooting outmoded religious practices and putting new ones in their place. And that's, of course, what they were doing. We lack traditions and rituals, but, of course, the Nazis were coming up with all kinds of rituals and flag-waving and parades and, and you know, Heil Hitler and all that stuff. And uh, they didn't genuflect. They snapped their heels and said, Hi, Hitler. But all this gave form to their religion. Their religion was going to take care of the needy of society, but it was going to do it by force. And he goes on to say, one day soon, National Socialism will be the religion of all Germans. My party is my church, and I believe I serve the Lord best if I do His will. Well, it's not the will of God the Father that you force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. It's not the will of Jesus Christ to ex- to have a uh, religious practice of exercising authority one over the other. Because he said we were not to be like the benefactors of the world, of other nations, who exercised authority one over the other. And of course, definitely the Nazis were exercising authority one over the other. But so are the Democrats. And you're seeing... Just a snowball of changes in the last few months of people going that way. They're going the way that Micah was warning you would bring destruction. And he he goes on, Joseph goes on to say, And liberate my oppressed people from the fetters of slavery. That is my gospel. Well, the fetters of slavery he is delivering them from 
is delivering them into another set of fetters of slavery. And of course, that's what's going on today. It's interesting, everybody wants to do away with slavery and anti-slavery, and this country was built on slavery, and we talked this morning how Micah was talking about building Jerusalem with blood and and force and, and that, they're talking about that in Micah. Well, of course, today, uh, if if the government pays your college tuition, they do it by forcing those people who are working to work without pay to pay for your tuition. That's how it works. That's how Social Security works. Like I said, if you go get a Social Security number, like my father went and got his Social Security number, and uh, I asked him one day who he worked for, and he said, till July 1st, I work for the government. He understood that, you know, for the half the day, because he was a 50% income tax bracket, half the day, the money he made wasn't going to him. It was going to the government. Now, it would be great to some degree, it's a bad way to go, but it would be great if they were taking that money and actually taking care of the needy of society. I, I might accept that. I wouldn't look for that because I know where it leads. But if you're in that, I'd say, okay, you you need to pay that unrighteous mammon. But they don't use that money that you pay in to take care of the needy. They use it to take care of bankers. Because all it does is go and pay the interest on debt, because they borrow money against the future of the people, of your children, who are collateral for that debt. And they're borrowing money to do it, and the money they collect from you in taxes is just paying bankers the interest on that debt. They're not paying off the debt. They're not even trying to pay off the debt. As a matter of fact, they're increasing the debt more and more, so they're going to have to increase the taxes more and more to keep all those bankers and bigger and bigger boats, <laughs> whatever they do with all the money they get. But the reality is that eventually this is all going to crash down, and these traveling merchants of the earth are going to be crying, and and the governments of the world are going to be crying, and Babylon will burn, because we, we see Babylon mentioned numerous times in the Bible. And uh, so anyway, I'm going to go back here to the studio, if I can get there. i got to figure out where what happened to the studio. There it is. Oh, we got another... Ah, uh, 0288. Now, I know who that is, I think. Uh, so, we we still don't have a lot of callers on. I'm amazed that some weeks that we have a dozen callers here. And so, anyway, I sent out the notice. So let me see if the notice is coming in. Yeah, it's probably gone out to everybody. Unfortunately, I'll have to apologize. I was supposed to BC those addresses, and I didn't do it. I want to apologize for doing that. but uh, So don't respond all or you'll respond to all those groups and it'll make a mess. But anyway, in that there's a number 319-527-6208. And I think that is the number that you call if it is. I mean, that's what was in my notes. Like I said, I did this at the last minute because when I called in, I got connected to the previous show because the previous show's host wasn't there. And uh, and so they let me log in. Normally, I just push all the buttons and they won't let me log in till that host is gone. <laughs> but they weren't there. So I ended up being on that show and then I ended up talking with somebody. Who I see, oh, they logged off. Now they're back. I see them just come back. So anyway, but I was still waiting for more people to come on before we start that. Because I at the, the way we're hooked up now, I can't record your voice as it's coming in. But the studio will record it, and I can go back and get that. But it makes it a little bit more difficult editing. So anyway, we just talked a little bit about Micah, what Micah was talking about. And of course, the solution uh, is obvious. Although Micah doesn't, Micah does say that some people will wake up and see. They won't be sitting in darkness because they will have the light of Christ in them. And the light of Christ would tell you that it's not okay to exercise authority one over the other. Uh, it is not okay to covet your neighbor's goods. The light of Christ should tell you that. And if you really got the light of Christ, you would know that. I'm going to actually probably put this whole series, including this show, on CDs and then share them with people that 
don't get our podcasts. They they don't know how to get podcasts. They they're kind of living in their own bubble. Uh, but they need to understand what the gospel was really all about because no, the Christians didn't get into trouble because they believed in this other God. They got into trouble because they would not sign up for the social welfare offered by men who exercise authority one over the other because Christ said it was not to be that way with us. But the modern Christian signs up for those benefits all the time. And of course, that's why, because that's a covetous practice, that's why they become merchandise. Now, people listen to me all the time, they hear me say that over and over again. And I understand that some people have no other alternative but to to sign up, because they can't get a job without those numbers, and without being a part of such systems. Uh, they They may not have a way of taking care of themselves in their old age, but if we were to build this network, as we should, then we would be able to do that and do that. It would probably be difficult, just like it was difficult for the Israelites in Egypt, to take care of one another, especially during plagues and, and all that, which are probably going to see too. But they did it without any straw, which are, represents benefits. That's a metaphor for benefits from the government, uh, a pharaoh. They still had to pay in their tally of bricks to the pharaoh, but they weren't going to get any benefits. And they had to do this during very hard times. But that's how they were learning the pathway of God, the path that Christ was explaining. Now, an interesting thing, I had this discussion with somebody just today, that uh, that when this was all going on, the people were having to get by without those benefits, but then they got out, they were released, and they could leave Egypt and go somewhere else, to some place that was considered somewhat separate. And it won't quite be that way with us, although there will be elements. I won't go into all the details. But the reality is is that it was a whole generation before they could go and enter into uh, this kingdom, you know, into uh, where Israel was going to be. They They had to let that generation die off. And that's because people, the, the people who came out of bondage still had that memory of it. And they still wanted to go back and get their leeks and onions. See if anybody calls in. This is a dry run live as we speak. Hello, can you hear me? Hello there. Okay. <laughs> so, I saw you logged off and logged back on again. Is your Was your phone cutting out or you just had to call? In Eureka oh. Springs, Arkansas. So. Okay. I'm out here trying to pick. Hay's been a long. It's been hard to find hay this year because of the drought for the donkeys, you know. But in any event, um, I was just wanting to call in to see if, because you said it was an experiment, and I wanted to test it for you. Okay. Hey, I, I, I see a few other. Oh, another number showed up and suddenly disappeared. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, I really enjoy Micah. Micah is, you know, the few chapters that you're going through incredible yeah i when i prepare the these studies like micah and malachi and and uh like i say we have them on preparing you and i'm constantly thinking of because almost everywhere you look once you understand you know the basics i mean like the ten commandments it says it talks about the sabbath and we were talking about a religious group uh on the previous show uh, i i I don't care if we mention their name, but I'm not going to go out of my way to mention their name. Uh, I was actually going to look that up on our uh, on our network to see uh, at preparing you to see what I've got there because I have. I'm pretty sure. Talking about the sure. Mr. Spriggs, the, he just passed away recently. The the guy that used to run that the twelve the twelve tribes. The man that was running it was last name is Mr. Is Spriggs S P R I G G S. Okay, I didn't know his name, but yeah, we have an article on the 12 tribes. Yeah, and we had a bunch of questions and answers where people were asking questions. And like I say, we have people on our network that used to be with them. So yeah, it's mostly uh, questions and answers on that page. I won't go through that, but like I said... I don't know them. I just, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm scouting. Right. Because I don't, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to move. 
like I really want to move, but I'm, I've been scouting the state of Missouri and Arkansas just for like minds, you know, people that might be practicing the first century church. And so okay. far, uh, just a few groups have come up, and I, I'd like to bring them back to you to get your opinion on it. Okay. Yeah, I, I wrote that page there on 12 tribes based on questions that were coming up with people who were there. And, you know, if I'm not doing them justice, I will, uh, I will take a look at that. They can get a hold of me. I noticed we had, we do have another caller that's called in. I just wish that there was a way that we could make, instead of just getting on a call like a community call and talking about just nonsense, you know, I, I'm really feeling very, uh, I know feelings are not always good, but I just want to make progress where I want to have a plan, and I want other people to have a plan with me. Okay, let's do this this week. Let's, and I was wondering what you thought about that. I, I just want to kind of make progress, you know. I want right. to kind of say, okay, I'm going to meet this, these three groups this week, and I'm going to see if they're interested in maybe joining our uh, congregation. I just don't feel, I feel like we're just like straw sometimes blowing in the wind, especially me by myself. I I still don't even have any other congregants in my area. Right. Well, that's the thing is uh, our voice isn't going out to gajillion people, but we, by putting together these studies, by, you know, like the, the, the call that I was on just before this where you ended up coming in and I came in and I wasn't even the host there, but the host was missing and so I filled the gap. But uh, they're against Paul. They think that Paul... You know, it misled the people. That appears to be what they think just from reading their page there. And we've run into that before. And so I've done a whole series on Paul to show you what Paul was really saying and how it is in conformity to Christ. One of the things Paul constantly said is, I preach Christ first. And then people see what he's writing in the epistle and they say, well, I don't see Christ there first. Well, the epistle, he's already preached to these people. The epistle is standing on its own. It's having to do with, you know, like the problems that the Romans were having. And what was the problem the Romans were having? It tells you right there. It's that people were trying to get them to follow the laws of the Pharisees, the rules of the Pharisees. We know they got it wrong because Jesus said they got it wrong. Now, that doesn't mean they got everything wrong. But they got some of it wrong, and one of the things they got wrong was their system of Corbin, which was a system of social welfare, where the offerings were forced. They couldn't force those offerings until people signed up, but once they signed up, then these men became the judges as to how much you had to give, and they forced those contributions. That was making the Word of God to none effect, because it wasn't based on free will offerings, and if it's not free will, there's no love in it. Its force is not love. Love gives you the opportunity of choice. And, I mean, how can you have, uh, you you know, a husband and wife, they can't have love if they're forcing one another to do things. <laughs> that's, that's... Well, I'm not that's... trying to call out the uh, 12 tribes. They call themselves the 12 tribes. Right. I found them because I was researching the 12 tribes. I wanted to know more about the 12, the original 12 tribes. I believe they are forcing each other right. by, and this is when we got off track with uh, the conversations on the phone, is that I said, well, if you guys are having people sign up and you're saying you're free will offering and you're going to take care of everybody, you've got one purse, you're going to pay for their meals, you're going to pay for their, their housing, and you're going to pay for their health care, yet they have to throw their Social Security check in the pot, uh, how is that, um, you're, then you put it all in an LLC and there's like, people running the LLC that get all the benefits and the people that are giving all they have are just basically getting food, shelter, and water, and they're saying that it's free will offering. I don't consider that free will offering because I look at that as, okay, there's a couple of people that are running that corporation, the LLC, that are the shareholders that are making all the money. You know what I mean? And they're not sharing it with everybody. I don't know. Yeah, well, I agree. If that's what they're doing, and of course I'd give them some, uh, if they wanted to have some uh, time to rebut that, if that's incorrect. But that's kind of what I understood they were doing. There's another group. Jesus is in the name and in the name of the group and everything. And they, they'll buy up a building and remodel the big building. And then they'll put people in the building 
in apartments. They'll take people off the streets that are living on the street and they'll get them into the apartments and they'll they'll provide food from a kitchen and everything. And you think, well, that all sounds great. But then you find out everybody they put in this building, they also get them signed up to government benefits so that they're getting health care and welfare and food stamps. And it all goes into a common purse, which is that institution. And supposedly it's so they can build more buildings. But none of it is anything but the spots from the the benefactors who exercise authority. It's all coming from government benefits. It's not free will offerings. It's actually forced offerings because they have to turn everything in to them and then these guys redistribute it. Against God then because you're not serving, you're not doing what Christ said. You're basically yeah, worshiping an idol God, which is what they say we're doing. But you know what I mean? They they are not doing what Christ said. If they're taking benefits and then they're help, they're calling that helping the needy of society. Yeah, they're doing the opposite. The benefits they're taking is clearly being taken from men who exercise authority one over the other, but call themselves benefactors. So they're they're getting these benefits from the. I'm not telling people they can't take benefits from the government. I'm telling them what taking benefits from the government includes. They get to make that decision. Mike is telling you that if you do that, this this graven image, idol uh, harlotry, that it, which is the way he describes this idea of setting up these systems that ends up making you merchandise and cursing your children, that if you do that, it will bring destruction. I agree with Micah, and that's what I'm explaining to people. So if you find yourself in a situation where you have to depend upon the government benefits to survive or starve, I don't want you to starve. I want you to think differently, gather together in in ways with people who are willing to care about you as much as they care about themselves, so they're willing to share. You know, if, you know, uh, uh, John the Baptist doesn't say, but he says, if you have two coats and your neighbor has none, share. It doesn't mean you have to give him your best coat, but you should share what you have. And you get to decide who to share it with, when to share it with them, how how much to share. You're doing the same in meats with food. And in that process, hopefully, we will draw near the Holy Spirit. If we're selfish in that, the Holy Spirit's not going to come. But I also the think Holy it's going to take, like come. you said, and that's why you do your shows and all the information and the free books you put out that are just so magnificent. And they're just, you know, they're priceless. I mean, you could make a lot of money selling those books, but I'm telling you, by giving them away free, people are basically going to see what the truth is, and it's going to teach them. They have to want to get the system out of them. It's not like, and we are depending on them for our survival. And they're sending us money, and I'm like, well, I need money too, but I, I can't do that because it's against what Christ uh, taught, and it's against that it's against what He told us to do. We're not to take a bite out of our neighbor. We're not to take a, a, the free the, the system the, the korban, I guess. And you know, we got to get that right. out of the people. Like it's out of me because I basically stopped taking. I, I've never taken. But what I mean, I've always been giving, 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 but no one ever really reciprocated. But what I'm trying to say is, I guess, to get it out of, you have to want to get it out of you. You have to want to change, like you keep saying, repent, turn around. And that's what I think is going to bring us all together, is when we finally realize that we don't need to be that way. We need to be the way Christ taught us to be, which would be the government of God. You know, it, it's, it's a process. So simple, but yet it seems so hard. Right, and it's a again, it's it's a process. It's it's hard for people because the people sit in darkness, and this is what we were talking about this morning. Because people were sitting in darkness, they don't see this really obvious thing. You know, let let me go back. I agree with everything you were saying there, but just show you clearly, we're not to covet anything that is our neighbor's. That's way at the end of the Ten Commandments. And not to cover, covet his car, his labor, his sweat, his toil, his, because that includes his blood. That when you go out and work, I, I used to do a lot of roofing. And there wasn't hardly a 
time I ever did a roof that I didn't drip blood somewhere in the process. But the reality is, is and then somebody come along and take half that labor away uh, so that they can have free school or, uh, you know, free health care or free college education or whatever. They're, that's my blood that they're taking away. Now, I don't begrudge them that. I've always given more than I've owed anybody. And I, I try to make it sure that I owe no man because that's another thing that we're advised to do. But that, we just, we're all violating the ninth and tenth commandment as a matter of policy. But we're also violating keeping the Sabbath because we know those people who give us those benefits are borrowing against the future. And the Sabbath is really not about a day, but about a way of not borrowing against the future. About being, you know, we work, we earn our rest, we take our rest. And that's one of the things that Micah says. This is not our rest. This These schemes to steal our our neighbor and our brother's right to choose through these systems that take that right of choosing to be charitable or not with this individual or that, taking that away, that is the transgression of Jacob. He he got his brother to waive a right to his inheritance by offering him a benefit, free food. I'll give you free food, but you have to waive. Of course, that's how Nimrod got uh, people into bondage. Nimrod was a mighty provider instead of the Lord. That's actually the way that translates out if you look at the actual words. Uh, that's the way Pharaoh brought all the people into bondage. They deserved to go into bondage because they sold their brother into bondage. But that's how they got into bondage. If they hadn't sold their brother into bondage, they would not have gone into bondage to the Pharaoh. And because we were willing to put our neighbors into bondage through these systems of social welfare, we have gone into bondage. We have become merchandise because of our covetous practices that Peter warned us against. And because we're borrowing money against the future, we're doing counter what the Sabbath was all about. Keeping the Sabbath was not some holy day. It's about working first and then taking your rest. But people are taking the benefit, their rest now, and then they owe the work. That's the reverse of the Sabbath. Now, a lot of people say, well, that no one's ever told me that. That can't be true. Why? Do you think that everybody has told you the truth? It says there'll be a strong delusion. It says many will think they know what the gospel is and they won't. That It says that we will return to darkness. That we will be led by blind guides. The reality is, you know, everybody who is honest knows if 20% of your labor belonging to the Pharaoh was the bondage of Egypt, then 20, 30, 40% of your labor belonging to the government today makes the federal government simply a federal Pharaoh. That you're back in that bondage of Egypt. And then those same covetous practices that Peter says would make you merchandise, he says will also curse your children. And, of course, we know that our children today, those who are out there in this system, are trillions and trillions of dollars more in debt today than they were two years ago. More in debt. They're going to have to pay more interest on a bigger loan uh, because they're not keeping the Sabbath. They're also making covenants with these men where they cannot just back out. And they're doing it because they love the wages of unrighteousness. Now, it talks about that most of the, if you ask, when, most of the ministers I know, most of the people who think they're Christians I know, when I ask them what Jesus listed as the weightier matters, almost none of them knew. I went all over the country and I couldn't find anybody who knew. Finally in Minnesota I found one guy that did know, but the only reason he knew is because he had been listening to our radio broadcast. Yet it's right there in the biblical text. I know people who have read the Bible over and over again, and they don't know where it says that the what the weightier matters, what Jesus says the weightier matters are. Why? Because the people are not actually seeing 
with the light of Christ. Because they don't really have the light of Christ in them. They, they, they may want it in there. But unless you are willing to receive the whole truth, you're not going to have it. I see more and more people are, are calling in. If anybody wants to ask a question... Or it's a natural question, thing to have that light. I mean, we're born with it. Uh, I mean, well, I don't know if we're born with it, but, well, it's that light. They lose it because, like you said in one of your shows, it's because they give... They, they submit to the wrong authority. Well, partly, what it's trauma that does it. Trauma that you're not willing to face. Things you do wrong. Get angry, get upset, get frightened, whatever it is. And there's a lot of people trying to make you angry and upset and frightened, doing injustices. Instead of forgiving, we get angry, we get fearful, and we try to cover it up. We don't want to see it. It's just like Adam and Eve. Adam didn't want to admit what he had done wrong. And that brings you into darkness. It drives you away from the light. The light's here all the time, but we get driven away more and more. And it's evil knows how that works. So evil is grooming us, literally grooming us to flee the truth. I'm trying to get people to go back to the truth by showing them where they've been deceived. But they don't always want to go back because it is painful. But the more people we get that are willing to take that journey the more we will begin, the light will return to our congregations. Now, I also wanted to say, because I see more people signing on to the network, I mean, calling in, we're breaking the commandment about not making any covenants. We're breaking the commandment about the Sabbath, that you work first and then you, you get your rest. You don't borrow against the future. You certainly shouldn't be borrowing against the future of your children, because then you would curse your children with the debt. Because it will pass on to the next generation. You're not passing on blessings to your children. You're passing on debts. That's not a blessing. We're, we're violating uh, the Ten Commandments when it comes to coveting our neighbor's goods. And so what is this leading to? It's giving more and more power to government. Uh, we're more and more deceived. We're more and more in darkness. Every time you do this, you, you're cutting yourself off from the light. Every time you deny the truth of your error your sin, your personal mistake, your confusion, it gets worse and your life gets darker. Next thing you know, they got the whole world putting on masks and uh, social distancing. And and like I say, thousands, tens of thousands of people have committed suicide because of these shutdowns. It has destroyed whole families because of these shutdowns. And people are objecting to it, but they cannot object to it in a united front because they are not sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Because they want to go back to normal. Normal is where they covet their neighbor's goods. Normal is where they are complacent about robbing their neighbors so that they can have free benefits. That's normal. And that normal is what made us subject to these shutdowns and to this unnecessary vaccine. I can't find a renowned uh, scientist, epidemiologist, who thinks you should take these vaccines. I can find some doctors who say it. I can find some uh, bureaucrats that say it. Uh, but I can't find, I mean, all the top epidemiologists are not promoting these vaccines and they don't many of them will not even call them vaccines because the mRNA aren't even true vaccines and we can see the ones that aren't the mRNA are actually causing trouble or supposedly causing trouble it may be just a ploy to get more people to take the mRNA and this could be one of the greatest disasters in recorded history and people are blind to it they don't see it and their pastors, a lot of times, don't see it. Some of the pastors have seen it, but they don't want to say anything because they're used to not wanting to say anything because they don't want to tell people because it might upset their congregation if they find out that we're not actually supposed to covet our neighbor's goods. And they're actually, they're pretending to have the religion of Christ and they're actually delivering people into the religion of national socialism and national Marxism. And they're delivering the children of their congregations into greater and greater debt. And they're not preparing the people 
for the crises that are coming. Moses told the people what was coming. Told them how to prepare for what was coming. We would tell you how to prepare. And like, now Tiff was, I'm, I'm calling you by the short name because I don't want to give away your identity, but uh, people in the network will probably know. But uh, she wants a plan. I understand that. Nothing to hide. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway, I just want to respect everybody's identity, and I don't want to scare anybody else who's lining up here with the phone numbers if they want to come on and ask a question. I don't, I don't want to have them afraid that I'm going to out them or anything. <laughs> but, uh, but the reality is, is that you want to have a plan. You were talking about that before. And there is a plan, but I don't know where individuals fit into that plan. Because some will do some things and some will do others. But everybody who's in the network should organize in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. We should start picking ministers who follow and learn where everything is at preparing you and at His his Holy Church. And, uh, you know, like Caleb, uh, who we mentioned, he's one of our ministers. He's been putting together a lot of YouTubes and putting them up there based on the old shows. Uh, Nitsan in New York is doing the same thing, putting these up. And, uh, I, I love to see the activity, uh, and they're, they're making an effort. And the fact is, the more people that get into this and learn where these pages are that, uh, see, like you were asking about the 12 tribes. Well, I just went to the page on 12 tribes that we have at Preparing You. Very short page, not a lot of stuff on it. If anybody from the 12 tribe has a complaint about what we have there, they can tell us and we'll take a look at that. If they want to come on the show and discuss it, uh, I would certainly let them in in a phone call as a guest and we can talk about the difference. The same as the, you know, I ended up on the program just before this and like I said, they, they talk that there's a problem with Paul, uh, in the gospel. I understand that. And But the reality is, once you really understand those things difficult that Paul is talking about and what he was actually saying, you'll find out. But you also have to find out what Christ was saying. You'll find out that Paul was right on the money in most cases. I'm not going to say in every case. And even Paul says. It would be nice if they would be willing to debate that. I mean, that would be really Uh, great. Actually, I have recordings of guys I have debated on this. And they're out there. But exactly where they are, I don't know. They might be on the page about Paul. We have so much material out there, so many pages, so many um, articles, so many recordings that I don't even know where they all are at. And so what we need is a team of 100 or 500 ministers who know where they're at and they can invade social media (laughs) and bring up these questions. And of course, many of the complaints, many of the arguments that people will make, we've already addressed them. We have them on numerous sites where we explain in great detail. But if somebody can come up with an article, a point or, you know, an item that we haven't addressed, we'll address that. But we have done a lot of homework. If we can get the people coming to the network and looking at it, I think there's a lot of people out there that would say this makes sense. And I can tell you this, as things get worse and worse and worse, as you start to have that runaway inflation and and uh, food shortages and and uh, you know immunity passports i mean they're already talking that if you've already got the shot i was talking with a group of people just yesterday and some of the people had never heard that there was a problem with the shot that they never heard that 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 what was in the shot uh because they don't their pastor didn't tell them i know their pastor he didn't tell them. So that they their watchman on the wall, which Micah talks about, is not telling the people of the danger that's coming. And, and the dangers that are already here. And what they can do about it. The plan is, if we get into the tens, hundreds, and thousands, and start creating that network, there'll be some young boy or young woman or... Or an old man who, you know, they see visions and dream dreams and they will say, you know, we should try this. Or this is coming. Now, I can see a lot of what's coming, but I don't want everybody listening to me. 
I want everybody listening to the Holy Spirit. And I know that if you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start caring about one another as much as you care about yourself, which is something you do not see on the left and you don't see it enough on the right in the politics of the world. But you see it everywhere in the kingdom of God. And if you don't see it in people, if they don't care about their neighbor, if they're willing to covet their neighbor's goods and plunge their children into greater and greater debt, we know, James tells us, they don't really believe in Jesus. Now, a lot of people are going to take offense at that. You know, but I, I know some of the people that I see that are calling and I recognize some of the name, numbers because I've actually gone and tried to find out to identify people by the last digits of their phone number. <laughs> and I know some of them have family members that don't really understand this yet. And, but they want them to. I tell you, love conquers all, but not our human love, God's love. And so we want God's love. Pulsing through our veins. That's how the blood of Christ saves you. Because the blood of Christ is the love of Christ. Not the love. It's, it's the love that is of Christ that saves us. And we get to practice that in pure religion by taking care of one another. And if all these congregations out there would start to do that, we would we would see the blessings of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And then I could talk about the sheep of Basra, which we talk about in Micah. And we're going to talk about that again. But anyway, I'm going to probably add this recording. I want to thank Tiffany for calling in. I see all the other people have called in. Nope. Thanks, everybody, for calling in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.